Orchestra, you're dismissed. Let's turn our Bibles to First uh, Timothy chapter four and we're gonna finish off this chapter here this evening. First Timothy chapter four. And uh, let's begin reading in verse 12, and tonight we're just going to cover two verses, verses 15 and 16, and a natural break there as we get into a new chapter next time. And uh, notice verse 12, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer, believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. And then the verses we'll cover tonight is verses 15 and 16. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and then them that hear thee. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, again for an opportunity to open your word. And I do thank you, dear God, that as we um, have been looking into this book, that, Lord, you challenge us about how we ought to behave ourselves in the house of God. And, and in all of this, dear God, you would um, instruct us in how to be, Lord, an authentic church. Lord, according to your word, and Lord, I pray that as we continue to study tonight, that you would continue to, to help us to understand, to gain knowledge and understanding of these, um, these your precious verses, and pray that you'd please help us to make application in our, in our lives, and Father, certainly we, we need your enabling, Lord, to do all of the, the, the things we've just requested, dear Lord, and so we give you the praise and glory, and we ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name, amen. So we've covered here really chapter 4 where it's speaking about some, some words regarding the last days. Then we, we looked at those, um, those seducing spirits that, that draw people away and then we looked at the contrast to that and the example of, of the preacher and, and the challenge that, that Paul gave Timothy as far as who he needs to be. In, in helping the, the church and helping the, the, the body of, of believers there um, in their faithfulness during, uh, the, during their time and in, in light of the last days. So we're finishing off here and, and really uh, the, we read those verses. This section of the, the chapter is, is a reminder to the preacher, but really also a good reminder for all of us here tonight and especially those uh, of us who are men and you know, I was just mindful again of the, the duty and the delight and the privilege it is, but really the, the great responsibility that as men who have children, how we ought to pastor our homes and we ought to uh, be a shepherd in our homes. And so it's, this is also good advice for us men as we, we, we conclude this chapter. He begins that section in chapter 12 where he speaks about uh, Timothy's case or how he needs to be an example in these certain areas. And again, there's uh, several lists of things here for those of you who like lists through the Bible. And so he, he tells them how to be an example to the believers in word and conversation in charity and spirit and faith and in purity. And we, we define what those were. 
then he challenged them about giving his attendance to certain things. And there it was to reading. And uh, if you remember and recall, uh, sometimes we neglect the most obvious things. And sometimes when we get grow, grow familiar with the same challenge and, and, and things that, are, that we deem as basic in the Christian life, we forget that, that those are just as important and as needful in, in, uh, in how, we, how we grow and how we are to minister. And it was in that thought of reading. And the challenge was, again, how are, how's our reading of the Word of God? Then he says to exhortation to doctrine, which is a, a greater study of it. Then he said, neglect some, don't neglect certain things. And here specifically he says, neglect not the gift that is in thee. And we spoke about uh, Timothy's calling, how he was called to the ministry and, and really given by prophecy. We, we conjectured there that it could have been that, uh, that it was a prophecy specifically to, first, uh, to Timothy in regard to his future ministry or uh, just in the context of what we're learning about that here uh, through preaching, that he learned that through preaching and then that affirmation or the laying of the hands of the presbytery, that ordination time for Timothy. And he's saying, don't neglect that because you're going to need to hold on to that as you continue to battle during these days. And so that gets us to, cha- to chapter 4, verse 15. And notice now the challenge given to Timothy. He says, meditate upon these things. Verse 15, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. And he's about to just give a final challenge to Timothy regarding all of those things that he had just mentioned. And he's saying meditate upon these things. And, and really, he, he, he begins here by, by affirming to Timothy that he needs to put some thought and to think deeply about these things that has just been written. I think one of the things that is underrated and undervalued in our day is just time to think. Uh, many times we live uh, busy lives and, and we, we hardly find time to even read the Word of God, let alone meditate and to think upon the things of God. And yet here the challenge to Timothy was if, if he was going to uh, be a, a faithful minister, he was going to be one that was, uh, was going to be a help to the uh, to the people of God, he needed to be one that meditated upon these things. To, to meditate is simply uh, to dwell on anything in thought. To contemplate, to study, to turn or revolve any subject in the mind. So to keep churning it, to keep churning over the, this, the, these thoughts he, was a challenge to Timothy. And uh, Have you ever thought about something... Um, over and over again, just trying to rack your brain about maybe every possibility. Uh, maybe there was a, there was a, a question asked you and, and you knew the answer, but you, you somehow at that moment of time, you, you sort of forgot and it was at the tip of your, your tongue, it felt like. And you kept thinking about it through the day and finally you, you come to some sort of conclusion or you remember. Here he's saying uh, regarding the Word of God and regarding his conduct, and regarding uh, his, God's work in his life, he's saying to Timothy, meditate on those things. And again, I think we undervalue just time to think about what God is doing in our lives. And those things that God has given us in his word. I wonder if you purpose throughout the day to think through and to meditate upon the things of God. I wonder, do you, do you take a, some specific time, maybe some time out in your week, 
just to be alone in a quiet, uh, quiet place, in a quiet moment for several, uh, for several, uh, several minutes or even up to an hour in a day just to think clearly. What that is is meditation. And sometimes we have this idea about meditation like you have to be up on a mountain somewhere uh, humming your way through the day. No, that's not the case. You can meditate on the things of God right through your day, just thinking through what God has said. And, and can I just say this? You know, oftentimes we're guilty of forgetting the things that we've just heard because really we don't meditate upon these things as we go through the week. You know, you might head tomorrow, and, and no doubt, just like, just like myself, you're going to have a busy week, but how about the things that God has spoken to you about today? And He's saying meditate upon these things. Okay, turn it around in your mind. Just, just contemplate. Think deeply. And there's a great need in our day to just pause sometimes and take deep thought about the things of the Word of God. And, and many times the reason why we have a shallow knowledge of who God is is because we don't think much of Him deeply. We, we, have, we have shallow thoughts and we have surface thoughts. And yet it takes time. You know, one of the, the great pieces of advice that... Um, that uh, but the Shemesh gave me was just, he said, just take time to think. You know, I, I asked him, and I, and I joked around with you all when I, he, he did say some things a little bit more constructive than shave your beard, okay, if you're going to be a better preacher. He did tell me, he said, take some time to think. Just, just think deeply about what God is saying. And we know this, <clears throat> we know that, that in regard to the Word of God, every Word of God is pure. We understand also that, that God likens His Word to treasure. And it takes time sometimes to dig, to, to dig right through to where it's most precious. And, and we need to take some time. And, and then also even in God's work in our lives. You know, sometimes we don't recall or we tend to forget the, the characteristics of God because we've forgotten what He has previously done. And maybe the reason for that is because we haven't meditated much on God's work in our lives. And then even our personal conduct. What's God's expectation of us? What's, what's, God, how, what's, God's, um, what's God's expectation and, and what has He instructed us to do? And how does that compare to our personal conduct? And so he says, meditate upon these things. But notice the method of which we're going to do that. He says, give thyself wholly to them. You know, if you're going to truly meditate on some things, you can't just give part of yourself to something. And I understand that we can meditate through the day, but there's a, there's a great need to, to, again, sometimes pause in our day and just give ourselves to the things of God. Just give ourselves wholly. Notice the method there. He says, give thyself wholly to them. And what he's saying is, give it your all. Don't, don't just be a part-time Christian. Be full-time. Be, be someone who, who lives it and breathes it and pursues it and chases it and seeks it. You know, some of the, our, the greatest thinkers, the, the, some of the ones that we lord as, as, as wise or have wise sayings, just really simply got there because they took some time to think through life. To think through some of the things that they were seeing and so they made some some conclusions that were deep. You know, sometimes we hear someone preach or someone teach and you say, that was deep. And it meant that they gave themselves to it. And, and the method of which we're going to do that is to give ourselves 
holy to them. And, and I wonder in the first place, have you, have you, there's this idea of, of being surrendered to it. Have you surrendered yourself to the things of the Word of God and to the workings of God in your life? That, that's, that's part of giving yourself wholly to something. It's got this idea that you're not withholding any part. You're not withholding any, any energy or any, any, um, any sense of, of urgency to your pursuit. You're giving yourself wholly to it. And you know, that's, that's at times tricky, isn't it? As we, we juggle different, um, different priorities in the day. But oftentimes a priority that gets left over is the things regarding God and the method that we're going to do that is to give ourselves wholly to them. And then the result of that is this. Notice here that thy profiting may appear to all. Hey, none of us here like to do something at a loss. Right? No athlete trains all of their lives and gives, the, gives themselves to the, the discipline of that sport so that they can finish second. They, they pursue with all their might. And why? Because they want to profit from it. They want to come out on top. They want to gain the most out of it. And you know, sometimes the sad reality is that we don't have that attitude when it comes to the things of God. To the things that we've heard, to things that we learn, we, we sort of half-heartedly attest to it and allow ourselves just to casually pick it up whenever we feel like. And you know, the result of that is this, a mediocre Christian life. You might break even. Or one day you're going to find yourself at the judgment seat of Christ and you're going to be at a loss. And not a loss of your salvation. We know that that's eternal, that's given. But in regard to the things that we've done in this body, some may find that they've had a loss. It's wood, hay, and stubble. And they've not given themselves wholly to these things. But notice the result, though, of one who meditates and gives himself to these things, thy profiting may appear to all. And there's an evident profiting. It's a, there's an evident growing. There's an evident working of the Spirit in your life. It's evident. It's, it's visible. It's seen. It will cause those that... Uh, perhaps were his despisers. Remember in verse 12, let no man despise thy youth. Uh, perhaps that instruction was indicative of some in the church who were looking at Timothy and were saying, well, he's not this and he's not that. And the advice given there to Timothy was, you know how to, how to uh, detract despisers is to have some fruit in your life. It's to profit. It's to show that you, you in your in your giving of yourself to the pursuit of godly things and the exercise of godliness and to all of those things that I just taught you, Timothy, there's going to be a profiting to all. And, and I'll tell you what, you know, no other kind of people in the world has the opportunity to really show something for their lives than Christians do. But how many, how many Christians like that king in the Old Testament it was left without being desired. You know, they were remembered for nothing. Their lives, it seemed like there was no profit to them. It just seemed like they lived their lives and then they just uh, later on found out, oh, by the way, they were, they were Christian. 
And yet here he's saying, if you give yourself wholly to these things, if you meditate upon them, give, give, uh, give some deep thought to the things of God, and the production of that in our lives will be a fruitfulness. It will be profiting. It will cause, again, it, it caused those that were despisers of Timothy to see him as one given by God. It, it validated his calling. It validated the fact that he was the one there that was given. And he says that, that thy profiting may appear to all. There's no other testimony that dissuades the doubters than fruitfulness. And so may we desire as we live into, uh, into another day, another week, to just give ourselves to the things of God. His word and his, um, his work and our conduct. But then notice verse 16, he says, take heed. Says, take heed unto thyself. And so the last admonition given to Timothy was this take heed. Simply means this be guarded, be circumspect, be vigilant. And you know, sometimes when we, we, we're in the mode, again, it goes, it's related to the earlier exhortation to neglect not and then also to give attendance to. He's saying take heed, it means watch out means take God, be careful, be circumspect. And he's warning Timothy here to take heed to certain things. Not to neglect them, not to let your guard down. And, and so many times, you know, in my observation of my own life and the life of other Christians, many times when we're used to something, we just take for granted that that is so. You know, we might be faithful in our church attendance, and we might be faithful to witness, and we might be faithful to read God's Word, and, and, and if we're not careful in our own pride, and our own um, self-reliance because of our experience, we don't put up a guard, and then suddenly we fail. And so it's, pro it's, it's appropriate, isn't it, that, that this reminder to, the, to Timothy here, the last thing that, that Paul will say to him was to take heed, be warned. Put up a guard, Timothy. And here he's saying to, the, the, to Timothy, he needs to be specifically guarded so that he doesn't shipwreck his life. Notice here in the, the last bit of that verse, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. That's not talking about salvation as in he saves himself. That's speaking about being destroyed, of, of making his testimony void or, or or his calling, his, um, his, his, his ability to serve God, and his ability to be a testimony for Christ. He's saying, save that. So take heed. And, and we would do well this evening just to take that measure of advice given from the Word of God. I, I look around tonight, and it's a Sunday night crowd, and many of you have been saved for a very long time. But listen... You might think it's time to rest, but your enemy never rests. He's a roaring lion who, who walks about seeking whom he may devour. Uh, by the way, can I remind you, you still have this old man that you must uh, daily crucify. And you've got to watch out. And therefore, you ought to keep a guard. You, you ought to take heed. And I think it's appropriate that he closes off the chapter with a couple of reminders about what to take heed for. And he says here, Firstly, take heed to thyself. You know, sometimes our greatest enemy is within. 
it's ourselves. We, we look around and we might want to blame our circumstances, but really it's us. It's a person that you're looking at in the mirror. So he says, take heed to thyself. He said, watch out, be, be guided that you don't take for granted the, the working of God in your life. He said, take heed to thyself. And I'm reminded of the verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed, lest he fall. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to me that, that it's often in comfort areas, in comfort zones where we're most vulnerable. Do you know that the majority of, uh, of car accidents happen within five minutes of home? Because you're not as watchful, you're not as vigilant. You're not as vigilant because it's all familiar. And maybe you're in a good habit of reading God's Word every morning. Maybe you're in the good habit of, of, of you know, being a part of, of, of ministry and you're serving. Can I just warn you, if you think you stand, take heed, lest you fall. Maybe you're just going through the motions of it. You're no longer walking with God like you should. Maybe you've, you've just told yourself over and over again, well, you know what to do. Well, you're experienced enough. Well, no, no, you're not going to take a misstep. But listen, the Bible's warning us. Take heed lest you fall. And it's interesting, it starts there. He said, take heed to thyself. And, you know, sometimes, I don't know, as a parent, I'm, I'm often mindful of those around me, mindful of my children, mindful of my wife, and I want to make sure they're taken care of. I want to make sure they're walking with God. I want to make sure they're reading the Word of God, and I, I want to make sure that they're doing right. But, you know, the first person of responsibility that we need to take care of is ourselves. You know, you can't lead others if you can't lead yourself. And many times, we're neglectful of just taking heed to ourselves. And if we're not careful, we're deviating way away from the expectation and the path that God has given us. And so he says, take heed to thyself. But then he says, nextly, notice there in, in, in verse 16, and unto the doctrine. And he says, don't... don't neglected and, and and that goes back to the fact that he's saying that there will be those who will that, that are seducing spirits those will be those that will depart from the the truth and so he re-emphasizes for good measure that we need to take heed to the doctrine hey sometimes we hear something and because we've heard it over and over again we think we know it but would you agree this evening that the word of god is inexhaustible would you agree tonight it's inexhaustible. You might have read it once. Hey, listen, you may have read it twice. Hey, maybe you read it, you know, 50 times. But guess what? The 51st time, I'm going to tell you this, you're going to learn something new. You're going to get deeper. And he's saying here, take heed to the doctrine. You know, I was chatting with a pastor friend of mine this past week, someone I greatly admire and respect for his Bible knowledge. And you know what he was doing? He was rehashing a familiar doctrine, the doctrine of the church. 
and we conversed about that a little bit. He, we were talking uh, about some specific verses in, even in First Timothy regarding the church, and we were just going back and forth via text and sometimes via email, and we were just going back and forth about that. And, and I was asking him, you know, what, what's this for? He says, no, I'm just rehashing. I don't want to take for granted that I know about the church. And he's been a pastor probably five times longer than I have. And just, just was a, it spoke to me about the manner that, of which he says, take heed. Again, we're, we're, we live in a day with, with so much misinformation. You know, we can, we can Google something and think we know it. But he's saying here, take heed to thyself and to the doctrine. Saying, keep a guard. You, be circumspect. Be vigilant. And, and really the linchpin, the preserver and examiner of the, the preacher and the Christian is the Word of God. It's doctrine. And we need to take heed unto it. And, and we ought to desire. If you've never been discipled, you've never gone through a course of study through the doctrines of the Word of God. And you might need help with that. I want to encourage you to, to enlist someone. To, to go through that with someone. And then, then to study yourself and to look through the different portions of Scripture. But, you know, it just got, it's got to start with getting into the Word of God. And so if you're not in the habit of that, you might think it's such a trivial thing. Oh, that's for kids. Listen, grow up a little bit if you think that. Get into the Word of God. Many of us would, would do well. Just to start right there. And then give yourself to doctrine, to the study of the Word of God. He says in 2 Timothy, doesn't he? Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be shamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. You know what that is? It's the method of study. He's, saying to, he's, he's instructing us to study the Word of God. He's saying give yourself to doctrine. Take heed unto yourself and take heed unto the doctrine but then he says this, and continue in them. And he's saying here, take heed, not only to have these spurts of encouragement, but he's saying, take heed that you continue. And it's got this idea of, of application for sure, but, but there's, there's this, this key idea of continue. You know, the reason why many Christians fail is because they stop. They think they know it all. You ever met a Christian like that? They never opened their Bible. It's like they're looking at you and they're almost going through the same outline as you in their own head. And they have this attitude like, you can't teach me anything. <laughs> That's wrong. And none of us is above learning. And once we stop learning, we've stopped. But he's saying continue in them. He's saying, okay, get a hold of it. Don't, don't let it go, but continue. Keep at it. And you know, the, the secret to success in the Christian life is not a secret at all. It's just keep going. That's it. It's, it's, this, it's, it's Apostle Paul saying, I press toward the mark. It's Apostle Paul saying, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. And he had the attitude there of, of just going and going. And he's saying to Timothy, Continue. He says, continue in them. Continuing is the key. Ensure that you're growing, but you're also steady in your growth. And again, remember, 
there are those spirits around that draw us away from the truth and we must just battle and continue. And I want to encourage you tonight to continue. And then he says, lastly, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Of course, uh, one of the main functions of a pastor is just to, to be heard. He's to preach and teach and feed the, the flock. And so he's saying here to Timothy, you know, there are those who are hearing you and the way you're going to be able to save them and not save them in the salvation's sake, but save them from destruction, from destroying their lives, being shipwrecked and being drawn away, is that you would do these things. And he says, it'll save yourself and them that hear thee. And the result is a preservation not only of the preacher, but those whom he ministers to. And, you know, that's one of the great pressing responsibilities. And I want to say to you men who are called to preach, don't take it flippantly. Tomorrow night we're going to start um, Bible Institute on, regarding homiletics, the, the art of preaching and teaching the Word of God. And part of that is just to look at the qualifications of a preacher. And one of the qualifications is you're going to need to be a student of the Word. If, if, you're the, if you're called to ministry and you haven't consistently studied and been in the Bible, you need to start there. You need to be a student of the Word. You know why? Because the stakes are high. You know, there's, there was a, a there's, there's times where I look back and I, I, I read through some old messages. And uh, I have to correct it. Because it takes time. It takes years of growing in the Word. And, you know, you're going to make mistakes over the course of it. But he says continue, but, but be reminded of the cost. And can I say to those of you who are the shepherds of your home, take heed to yourself. Take heed to doctrine, continue. And if you do so, you're going to see those that hear you. And we've got a great responsibility. You know, again, I, I keep thinking about the just the amount of, of young people we have. And I just believe this, you know, it just doesn't take a church, it takes the home and the church. And we ought to take care of that. And I'm speaking as a parent too. And, and we, need to, we need to ensure that the things that we're, we're declaring are right and true based on the Word of God. Why? Because you're going to save them that hear you. You're going you're gonna to save them from, from pain and you're going to save them from a life that could be destroyed. And so we, haven't, we have a great responsibility. And again, I want to say to, to, um, to those of you, particularly who are called to ministry, uh, be a student of the Word. Uh, meditate upon it. Give yourself wholly to it. And your profiting will appear, will appear to all and um, next time we'll pick it up from chapter 5. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you again for your word. Lord, I don't want that just to be a trite opening to a prayer. 
Really, Lord, we're thankful. Lord, just for the, the precious, precious Word of God. I pray that you'd help us to, to handle it well and to be able to give ourselves wholly to these things. And I pray that you'd help us even as we head into the week to perhaps meditate on the things that we've heard today. I pray that we, we would think deeply about the, the things of your word and, to, and that we might give ourselves wholly to these. And then, Father, as we recognize that your word is, is not simply uh, a book, it's, a, it's the living word. We understand that it'll grow in us and it'll cause us to be profiting and to be fruitful in your sight. And, and really all of that is not for our benefit, although we benefit. Really, it's for your glory and for your honor so that we might be better used of you. And so I pray that you'd help us as we head into the week. And we thank you for it in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. All right, Brother Alden, let's sing a song and then we can be dismissed.